Jesus, our Lord, is trying to provoke us here this evening by sharing this parable just heard proclaimed, wherein the landowner acts in such a way that causes quite a lot of grumbling amongst his hired workers. He wants his land worked, and so he goes out in the morning to hire these laborers, tells them, I'll I'll pay you the usual daily wage. They agree. Then he goes back out at 9 o'clock. And then again at noon, and again at 3, and again at 5 p.m. And keep in mind, the day ends, the work ends at evening. So those that arrived at 3 and 5, they just had a few hours to work. And then he decides to be generous. He's going to pay all of these hired workers the same full daily wage. But he goes about it in a strange way. He asks them all to get together and says specifically to pay those who arrived at 5 p.m., pay them first, and then go down the line. It's hard to... Hard to blame those who are grumbling against the landowner. This is, this is a problem that could have been avoided. Most of us here, many of us here, have probably had the opportunity to work uh, by organizing people or have employees work under us. Uh, I think we could have avoided this problem by simply paying those who arrived first, paying them first, and then sending them home. They'll be happy. And then go down the line. And if you want to be generous, be generous. But you don't need to rub it in the face of those other ones. But Jesus, in his parable, the landowner, who clearly is God here, the landowner does not do that. He explicitly pays those who arrived last, pays them first in the company of the others. Why? To provoke those others. To provoke them. As I suggest, he is provoking you and me this Sunday with this parable. He's provoking us to teach us something, teach us something important. As a, as a prophet, he is the greatest of the prophets. And all the prophets came to do two things, to comfort the afflicted and to afflict those who are comfortable. That's what Jesus is doing with this parable. First, the word of comfort, which he speaks to those who uh, received that generosity, who didn't work the full day but still received the full day's wage. He's speaking here to those of us who have been holding back in our faith, to you and me here who see ourselves more as those 3 p.m. or maybe even a 5 p.m. worker, preferring to spend our days following the things that we want to do or or keeping uh, the thoughts that we want to think and then having a little bit left over for God but preferring the bulk of the day for ourselves. He's speaking as well to those of us who perhaps have been holding back in our service to God and his church. For some reason or another, maybe you're waiting for life to settle down, you're waiting for financial things to get stable, and then maybe, then maybe God, then I'll start serving you and your church, start giving more of my gifts and talents and time, but not yet. He is speaking to those of us who feel that way. He's saying to those of us, to all of these, he's saying, come home. Come home now. 
Let the time of sin be in the past. Be done with it. Cast it off and come to work. Come to work. The good news, the good news is that He, God, doesn't care what happened in our past. Just repent. Go to confession. And that reward is still very much available. That's the good news. And then Jesus, in his parable, gives us a word of affliction. Afflicting those who feel comfortable in the life of faith. He's speaking now to those of us who identify with those full-day laborers who just get the normal wage that they signed up for, but they're seeing all these others, we might think slackers, who are getting the same reward. We might think, we might say in our minds and our hearts, God, that's not fair. Frankly, that's not fair. I've been working hard for you. My whole life I've been trying to follow your commandments, maybe raise my children according to your law. It's hard work. And so we complain. It's not fair. To those of us who might think like this, God is saying to you and to me today, those are not my thoughts. Those are not my ways. My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. My generosity is beyond what you consider, what we consider to be generosity. God is saying, he's teaching us, reminding us, I want there to be no barriers to those who want to come back to me. If anything might be preventing them from coming back, including the idea of maybe missing out on some of the reward, had I been working my whole life in the service of the church, and then maybe it would be worth jumping on now. But Not now, it's too late. I may as well just do my own thing. No, God doesn't want that thought to enter into our minds. No barrier from entering into the service of the church. Nothing. Even if that means, God knows it's a gamble, even if that means some of those who are working for him already are going to grumble or complain. It's the risk he's taking. There is a story passed down of an infamous gangster in New York in the 1940s. He was a big sinner throughout his whole life. A hitman, in fact, as his job. He killed people for a living. Well, one day he himself is shot and lying there in the street dying, and he calls for a priest. And the priest comes and hears his confession and absolves him of his sins. And the man dies. Well, the newspaper got a hold of the priest afterwards, and the priest tells them in the interview, this man died in the grace of God. There was a flood of complaints to that newspaper. How is this possible? How is this possible? This man lived a whole life of sin, and yet you're saying he gets the same reward as the saints? That's not fair, God. If I were in charge of the universe, there would be no inequality like that. People would get what they deserve. But the good news here, the good news is that we are not in charge. For we are all recipients of that generosity. And we don't have to know, the further good news is that we don't have to know or worry about how God distributes his grace to all of us and all those we know. Only he who knows everything about everything knows who deserves what grace, when, and how. He knows the environments people grew up in, the culpability. It's up to him. That's his business, not ours. We can not worry about it. 
And that's good news. Today in this parable, Jesus is provoking you and me. He's provoking us with his enormous generosity. Provoking us that we might give thanks, that our hearts might be deepened in thankfulness for that generosity and that we might respond to him with awe and wonder in the face of his ways, his ways which are so beyond our ways. And thank goodness that they are. 